Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen, with no sports in my life, you know, I've been trying to find something to pass the time. And going back and rewatching my favorite television show of all time, not a bad place to start. So we welcome in one of the favorite sons of The Sopranos. He, along with Michael Imperioli, have put together an unbelievable podcast as they're like breaking down the ins and outs of these episodes. It's Talking Sopranos, and we welcome in Stevie Sharippa, Bobby Bacala. Steve, my boy, how you doing? What's happening? How are you, buddy? Steve, I'm doing well, man. I mean, listen, for you, as a guy who is, you know, immersed in this and you know how popular the show is, what prompted you and Mike to get going and put a podcast together with going into the intricate details of the show? Well, you know, uh, we got approached, you know, a while back, you know, uh, by a couple of producers. And at first we said no, you know, and then we saw that there was a bunch of podcasts, uh, soprano podcasts by people that had nothing to do with the show. So we're going like, well, what's what's this all about? You know, so uh, we decided to do a rewatch. Neither one of us has watched it in 20 years. And uh, then, you know, we were supposed to be in the same studio here in New York. And uh, the pandemic came down. We said, I don't feel like doing it. He didn't feel like doing it. We said, who gives a, you know, who gives a crap about uh, a TV show when uh, the world is falling apart? But then we started hearing from people on social media saying, you know, we're waiting for this. We need this. We're rewatching the show. And so we decided to do it. Michael's in California. I'm here. Uh, we rewatch the show. We go over scene by scene for the most part. Plus, we talk about a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, how we got the jobs, our auditions, our careers, uh, acting. We talk about everything, what we're watching on TV, movies, a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, it's been great. And today, David Chase was nice enough. He had written some new lines for the characters, uh, for Tony, Carmela, Bobby, Chris, Junior, Paulie, uh, he wrote some new lines, and he gave it to us, and we read them on the air. So you go to the podcast, and you could hear the new lines, first time written since 2007 from David Chase. 
Steve, I love it. I mean, where do I sign? I mean, that's as good as it gets. And, you know, for me, when I'm getting off the air at 6 o'clock, I'm now, you know, all sorts of stuff crazy. I, I need something to fall asleep to. And I'll be honest, plenty of times I've listened to the podcast. I'm up till like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning because I'm riveted by what you guys are saying. And I've always wondered, Steve, with the popularity of the show and the way it kind of comes on the scene, as someone who is a part of it day in and day out and you watch the evolution of it. When was the moment for you as an actor when it dawned on you, holy smokes, we got something special cooking right now? Well, you know, you know, I came on the second episode of the second season, so they had been up. But right when I started filming, they got nominated for like 16 Emmys. I think it was the first cable show. So that was really a jump. And then every year it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and you know, you everywhere you go, I mean, you know, we would hang out, all of us, and go out to dinner and, and go out after work. It was like playing for the Yankees, man. I mean, you know, we, you know, everywhere we went. <clears throat> so that got crazy. You know, we would hang in New York City. You know how it goes. Uh, when there's a, when you're on top, everybody loves you, you know, and the show was a hit and people here in the city loved it. And uh, it was uh, a special time. Probably not going to happen again. Not in my career. You know, uh, I'm on Blue Bloods, which is a great show. And I love every minute of that. But this was a once in a lifetime thing, I think, you know, uh, really something. Now you get off at six o'clock in the morning, huh? That's right. See, so I used to work in Vegas. I was I lived in Vegas for 25 years. That'd be I dangerous work, for me, Steve, with all the sports betting. Let me tell you, I don't know if I'd be able to handle living in Vegas. I would all work that time, one bro. at night to nine in the morning, and then I would go out. Do you do that? No, I mean, listen. I would go uh, out normally at Friday and Saturdays am like going out nights. I mean, I can't be living the David Wells, Mickey Mantle lifestyle of uh, listen, you know finding the speakeasy at seven in the morning. Bro. I That'd used be tough, to go man. out at nine a.m., come home about three, go to sleep. Have breakfast and do it again. I, I did love that it. for you. I mean, when you're in Vegas, Steve, anything <laughs> goes, right? Anything goes. Now, Steve, I got to ask you about your character because the Bobby evolution in many ways from where you started on the show and to where you finish up on the show. I mean, let's be honest, Steve, your character becomes one of the more pivotal characters in all Sopranos by the final, you know, two seasons or so. So that must have been really cool to be a part of, to see your character specifically get, like, more and more significant. Yeah, you know, I just started out, honestly, like, to do one or two episodes. I had no idea, you know. They didn't guarantee me anything. The first, my first season, which was season two, I did six episodes. I flew myself out. I was living in Vegas. I, I flew myself here. I put myself up. I took a gamble on myself. Cost me about twenty four, twenty five grand to make twenty two grand, but I took a shot. <clears throat> you know, I was forty years old, forty one years old, two kids, had a good job. I was an executive in Vegas, and I took a shot, and it, and it panned out. Now, no one ever told me this guy's going to be this, this guy's going to do this. It just, you know, it got bigger and bigger. I guess they liked what I was doing. And they wrote for me, and, uh, you know, once the writers start writing for you, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, I delivered what they wanted, and uh, and by the end, or, you know, a few seasons, you know, they made me a series regular in the third season, and I just, uh, you know, listen, baby Bobby wasn't so stupid. He married Janice, 
and suddenly he's at Sunday dinner with the boss. So maybe he wasn't as dumb as everyone thought, you know? You played your cards right. Although I do got to <laughs> say, Steve, I loved your character of Bobby. I couldn't stand Janice. Like, when I think about, like, the most hated Sopranos characters, and I think that's a credit to her and her acting more than anything else, I, I think of her, I think of Richie April. I-, I mean, these are, like, characters that, like, got under your skin. So, yeah, it may have worked out for Bobby Bacala getting in with the family yeah, and whatnot. But, but you can see a, how Janice was universally a, hated, right? Well, I hated the Toro play Janice. I mean, she was she's just great because she's the nicest girl that you meet. And then you see her like that, and, uh, you know, she's a horrible human, right? But uh, she's a murderer, too, like her brother. But uh, she was great. Aida Tato was great, uh, and I loved working with her every minute. Uh, but like I said, you know, suddenly he's with the boss. He's with, uh, he's with Tony every Sunday. He's with part of the family, you know? So that helped. Uh, when we went up to the lake house, when uh, – Tony insults his sister, and I defend her. You know, we were up at that lake house for two weeks, and uh, that, that's where we have the famous fight. And, you know, we, we shot that six months later. We had gone up in July. Uh, Jim hurt his knees, and six months later they rebuilt that cabin on the soundstage, and that's where we did that. We got the great Stevie Sharippa, Bobby Bacala, talking Sopranos, he and... Michael Imperioli got an unbelievable podcast that you want to check out. So I'm sure, Steve, you get this question a lot. And listen, as a guy who's like a diehard Sopranos fan, I have to ask it. So I apologize in advance. To try to pinpoint like your favorite episode being a part of, maybe it was your acting specifically. Maybe it was, you know, a, a particular role or a particular scene. But like now as you look back on the series, do you have a favorite episode that you were a part of? Well, I liked, you know, like everyone else, Pine Barrens. I knew it. Uh, see, you I didn't know. know if you were going to go there, Steve. Yeah, just I like, because, I like you know, the that's Pine what I was going to throw I, I thought it like, might be too cliche. No, I like that. I also like White Caps. Uh, that was a good one where Carmelo and, and, and Tony are breaking up. I thought their acting was incredible. Uh, I also like Soprano Home Movies because, like I said, we were up there for two weeks. It was just the four of us. You know, and of course the crew, but it was just uh, myself, uh, Jim, uh, Edie, and Aida, and we were at that lake house, and uh, uh, I don't know where the hell it was. You know, it wasn't it wasn't on the border of Canada, but it was somewhere upstate, and we were there, and I and I liked that a lot. You know, doing those scenes on the water together, the Monopoly scene. There was a lot of work up there, and uh, I I enjoyed that. That was the beginning the first episode of The Last Bunch. So I like that. David, you know, gave me a whole lot of stuff there. And uh, listen, there's really, and this is the truth, there's not a bad episode in The Bunch. So some shows, you know, you love and you go, yeah, that one wasn't that good. There's not a bad Soprano episode. There's some we love more, but there's not a bad one. And also, uh you know, watching them, they hold up every bit as they did 20 years ago. You know, I mean, but except for the cell phones or the computers, everything holds up. It's like they shot it today, you know. It's incredible stuff. Now, when it comes to the ending, Steve, I got to admit, I'm watching the ending in a cigar bar on Staten Island. And I will never forget 
I thought they had like the worst cable known to men because you know you're into the episode, you you you're you're on every every move. It's like a Yankee playoff game for goodness sakes, bro. And then all of a sudden the final scene happens, and I'm just in shock and I'm in disbelief. And you know the more and more I've thought about it, Steve, over time, I love the ending. You know maybe like 19 year old me couldn't appreciate it at that point in time just because of the shock value of it. But now looking back on the ending. What was your take on it? Were you as stunned as maybe a lot of the general public was and well, as far as the way the show ended? Well, I knew what was going to happen. I read the script, right? And then we were we all watched it. There was nine of us from the show. We watched it in uh, at the Hard Rock down in Florida. Uh, we, we were doing an appearance down there, so it was myself and Jim, Stevie Van Zandt, Michael, Lorraine Bracco, uh, and a couple of the other cast, I don't remember exactly. There was nine of us, and we popped some champagne, and we uh, we ate, and we drank, and we watched it. And even though I knew what was coming, I was still stunned. I was like, whoa, what just happened? You know. And some people liked it. Some people didn't realize what happened, and, and some people hated it. And then I watched it you know, a couple times, and my opinion... Tony Soprano is alive and well and living in New Jersey. That's my opinion. There you have it. So your infamous one-on-one monologue about when you get shot and it fades to black and, you know, you, you never that see it coming. Not, not the case, huh, Stevie? My opinion, nothing happened. What you saw is what you saw. But – I don't know. David Chase is coming on the podcast. I'll ask him when he that's comes Perfect. <laughs> See, that's why we want to make sure we're tuned into this podcast, Steve. I love it. So, you know, James Gandolfini is an icon, and God rest his soul. We miss him dearly. Um, what was the coolest part for you about working with this guy who just fit the role of Tony Soprano to a T? I'm sure you got stories that could go on forever, Steve. But if there's one particular story with James one-on-one that you'd like to share here with the fan audience in New York, what would that be? No, you listen, he, he was a good guy and a really good actor. Nothing like Tony Soprano in real life. Nothing. You know, this guy wore Birkenstocks. He was into music. He was kind of like a hippie. He was not Tony Soprano, and that's what people uh, got that wrong. He was a very generous guy. He gave us, I've talked publicly, he gave us checks for $33,000 each. He gave 16 people or 15 people uh, one one season when he was having a contract dispute. He was a good guy. He was he worked like a dog. He worked hard. He was very serious about the acting. He never phoned it in, you know. So he worked really hard. Uh, he, we would we would hang out. The best things that I loved, the times we got off early. And then we would go out, and there would be four, five, six, seven of us bouncing around, hitting a few spots, going to dinner. Those were good times that I can never capture again. As far as work, Jim always was cared about you. If if you were happy, you want another take? Do you need another take? That's I, I you know, Jamie Lynn Sigler is in an episode next week of the podcast, and she tells a story how when they were shooting college. Uh, it was just the two of them, and she was still, you know, kind of new, and she was a little nervous, and Jim said, just look me in the eye and talk to me. Just look me in the eyes and talk to me. He had a way of making you feel comfortable, not nervous. He was a good guy, a good guy, and a lot of fun, a lot of fun. 
I remember Joey Pants. He just got hurt, you know. Uh, I think he got hit by a car. You know, Ralphie? Oh, of course. Ralph Stiferetto. Yeah. I, so mean, Ralphie, I don't you, want to say the line on the air, Steve, because any FCC is going to find me, but it's one of my all-time favorite Sopranos lines. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> now, Steve, obviously for us New Yorkers, you we see you all the time at the sporting events. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love your passion whether it's at the Gordon, we see it at Yankee Stadium. So, you know, as a guy who's watching all these games, uh, you dealing with withdrawals, not having any sports in our life over these Listen, last I couple miss weeks? The, I miss going to the Yankees. I, I love the Yankees, and we watch. My wife's even a bigger fan than me. You know, I usually am in California by this time, and, uh, uh, you know, we catch the games out there. I catch the Angel games when the Yankees come in. So I miss that very much. I mean, uh, the the, the Knicks I love. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Everyone's, how could you be a Knicks fan? I am a Knicks fan since I'm nine years old. That's never going to change, ever. So, yeah, I miss it, but it'll be back. The whole world is upside down, my friend. I ain't kidding, Steve. In all your years of watching the New York Knickerbockers, who is your favorite player? Uh, Clyde. You're a Clyde guy? Makes and then sense. I became a, a friends with Clyde and Earl Monroe and I got to know them guys, and, and they're good guys, just like you would have hoped, uh, really good guys. And uh, listen, I, I played basketball in college. I was 100 pounds ago. I played in the garden my senior year. I had 13 points in 1970, I think it was eight, way before you were born, brother. Oh, I and, believe it. Uh, uh, so uh, I love the garden. I love going to the games. I do a lot of stuff with them. <clears throat> Jim. Dolan gets a lot, a bad rap. He's a good guy, a generous guy, takes care of the employees, takes care of a lot of people with his charities. And uh, the Knicks will be back at some point. And uh, I'm a fan. That's it. And I'm a big Yankee fan. I love well, the Steve, Yankees. Well, Steve, you ever think Absolutely. about getting one of those Clyde Frazier suits when you sit in courtside? I don't know. Oh, sure. You can pull it I off, bro. Him. I could never pull that off. But I don't know about that, man. I wouldn't be so sure. You know I think you I could, like? bro. I like the one that looks like the cowhide. That, <laughs> that might work for me. You know, the cow. Uh, and listen, I don't hate the Mets. You know, I'm not a Mets fan, but I don't hate them. I don't wish for them to lose. So. You know. well, listen, Steve, I hope to see you at some point in the not-too-distant future at either Yankee Stadium or Madison Square Garden, and this was a ton of fun. I so hope for to see you, buddy. Looking- you can get the podcast on YouTube if you want to watch it, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, every Monday there's a new one. Well, Steve, keep up the good work, man. I loved your work on the show. I can't thank you enough for coming on and continued success, all right? Thanks, buddy. You take care. There you have it. That's a great Steve Sharifa. Bobby Bacala from his days with the Sopranos. That was a lot of fun. And their podcast, Talking Sopranos, has been very, very entertaining. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. 
Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.